Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. How many of you are ready for the word today? Amen and amen. I wanted to um, spend some time speaking this morning to you uh, on the subject of vision refresh. Vision refresh. How many of you, by show of hands, were with us this February for our Vision Sunday? If you were here, could you lift a hand so I can see you? Okay, awesome. So much of this information or some of this information will be repetitive for you, but it'll be a reminder, a good re- a, a repetition. <clears throat> and for the rest of you, uh, buckle up. This is exciting stuff. This is what our church is about. Um, but I would like for you to turn to two different openings in the scripture, two different texts. The first one will be Acts chapter 26, verse 19. The second will be Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 2, or Habakkuk, depending on how you say that. Everybody says it a little differently. Acts 26, 19, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. As you're turning, I would like for us to make our faith declaration that we make over ourselves for the service uh, every single Sunday. You'll see it on the screen. Uh, Those watching at home will see it on the screen as well. Let's declare this out loud together. Say, thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you The ears of my heart hear you. My heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today, I am growing in the things of God. Amen. Are you growing in the things of God this morning? Yes, I believe so. Amen. Acts chapter 26, verse 19, and then I'll pray over us. Acts 26, 19, Paul is speaking, and he is speaking to King Agrippa, who is one of the governors in the Roman Empire at the time. And he says these words, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Habakkuk chapter 2 Verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Let's pray today as we receive the word. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come to before your word, to come to your word and receive your wisdom. Lord, I ask that you would illuminate and give light to us. I thank you that the Bible says the entrance of your word gives light. Lord, you illuminate truth into our hearts as we come before your word. And so we ask you today, as we have declared, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Thank you that today our heart does perceive and understand your word and your will. Grow us and shape us, mold us and change us by your word and according to your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So again, Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I want to talk to you again about vision refresh. Five months ago this Sunday, today, uh, five months ago I shared with you our vision for 2023. And not just our vision for 2023, but our vision as a church moving forward. 
Uh, you can see it. It's been plastered on everything that we have. Uh, you know, hope for strong families, hope for transformation, hope for our community. It's on banners. We've been talking about it. We've been, we've been making sure that we weave it into so much of what we say each and every Sunday and throughout the weeks. So as we talk about vision, there's two verses that come up in my mind and heart. This first one, Acts 26, 19. King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The more that I walk with the Lord and the farther that I go as a pastor and as a leader, the more I recognize that when God gives vision to us as a ministry, it is imperative to us to be obedient to that vision. That when God sets in front of us and orders our steps and lays out for us what it is that we are to do, it's important that we don't view that as a suggestion. Amen. It's important that we don't view that as an option, but rather this is what the church that God has planted at, at, at Hope Church, this is what we are to do. This is what we are to accomplish. So I, I want to start by saying that, and, and I think one of the things so valuable about this verse is that it paints very clearly for us the reality that vision, when it comes from God's heart, is not a suggestion. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you know that the heavenly vision he was talking about was on, his ro- on the road to Damascus. You can actually read about it in Acts chapter 9. And, and, and the scripture talks about how Paul had a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Walking, uh, riding, we don't know the full details of it, but he was on the road to Damascus, either walking or riding on an animal. And in the process, it was evening time, Jesus showed up and manifested in all of his glory and all of his splendor for the Apostle Paul to see him. And the scripture says that a light shone brighter than than the sun at noontime, and it knocked Paul to the ground, and he heard Jesus speak to him. And during this experience, Jesus gave Paul the vision for his life and for his ministry. He said, this is what you are going to do. You're going to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles. You're going to go preach the gospel to the kings and to those in authority. And Paul says this, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. You have to understand, this is Acts 26. This is some 30 or 40 years later. Paul is at the end of his ministry now, and he's testifying of the faithfulness of God as he's remained faithful to the vision. Listen to how this reads in the message. Paul says, what could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. I became an obedient believer on the spot. I started preaching this life change, this radical turn to God and everything it meant in everyday life. What could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. When I read that in the message, I was like, you got to be kidding. That sums it up perfectly. That's exactly how I feel. What could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. What kind of vision? Hope for strong families. Hope for transformation by the word and spirit of God. Hope for community being developed around us each and every day. I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. That speaks by the way, of value. 
Amen? Your value, by the way, is expressed in what you prioritize. You can't say that you value God and then never make time for Him. You can't say that you value your kids and never make time for Him. You can't say that you value your wife, your spouse, your husband, and never make time for Him. I believe with all of my heart that when God calls us to be a part of a local church, that we need to place a high value on his vision for that church and find ways to prioritize it in our lives. I really believe this. I really and truly believe this. Our spouses, our kids, our families, our neighbors, and our coworkers need to see us value the house of God in the midst of our community. Do you want to know why? You want to know why your neighbor and your kids, your spouse, the people around you need to see you value God's church? Because if we don't value his house, they won't either. Amen. It's just true. You're not going to, how many of you have ever invited someone to church and then the Sunday that they came, you weren't there? What does that communicate? Communicates that the one who compelled me to come here doesn't actually care enough to come themselves. So why should I care about it if they don't? Ouch, pastor, you're stepping on my toes. Yeah, I'm stepping on my own toes too, so just don't worry about it. Let's just have our toes bruised together this morning. Listen, it goes beyond just our neighbor. Your kids, we talk about strong families. You got, we got a lot of parents in the room this morning. We got parents probably watching us online. Listen, your kids need to see you as mom and dad value the things of God, value and prioritize the house of God. Pastor Josh, you're just trying to get more people to sign up for your vision. Please hear me when I say this. Please hear me when I say this. Yes, I am. With one caveat. I'm not trying to get you to sign up for my vision. I want you to sign up for the heavenly vision that God has set in place at Hope Church. Let's go to Habakkuk 2.2. Talk a little bit about that. Because I, I want you to sign up. I want you to be involved. I want you to have a part in this. But it's not about it being my vision because it's not my vision. You've heard me tell stories about how many years ago it was that the Lord called Brianne and I to move from Fort Myers, Florida and come here and plant a church. We talked about the different things that God said. You've heard me talk about that. This wasn't my idea. My life was way comfortable in Florida. Way comfortable. Amen. And then God called, God upended our hands and, and, and uprooted us and brought us here. So this is God's idea. Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Let me read this to you again in the message because I just love the way the message reads sometimes. Then God answered, Write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. Write it out in big block letters 
so it can be read on the run. In other words, here we go, doing the work of the ministry. What's the vision? Oh, strong families. Okay. What's the vision? Oh, transformation. Okay. What's the vision? Oh, our community. Okay. Can I say this to you? God's vision, and if you're taking notes, I would really write this down. God's vision is not meant merely to inspire those who are inactive, but to direct those who are already in motion. <laughs> Let me say it one more time. God's vision is not meant merely to inspire those who are inactive, but to direct those who are already in motion. My friends, this is what faith looks like. Faith always, always is looking for opportunity to step out and run with what God has already promised. So the point of vision is not to try to stir you up to get off the bench, although that works, and if you're on the bench, get stirred up. But here's the deal. The, the real value of vision, according to Habakkuk there, write it in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. The real purpose of vision is to give direction to those whose hearts have already by faith engaged in what God is calling them to do and in so doing, give them direction. Do you remember the story of when Paul was on, I want to say it's his second missionary journey, and he has a vision of a little man from Macedonia. Do you all remember this? How many of you read your Bible? Okay, a couple of you. Very good. All right. This is one of the more obscure stories in the book of Acts, but there's a powerful lesson in it. This little man from Macedonia, God causes Paul to have a vision, a dream in while he's awake. He has this vision of this little man from Macedonia. Now, Macedonia, if you don't know where Macedonia is, it's just the country that's just north of Greece. And Paul was ministering in Greece and in Turkey. That area was known back then as Asia Minor. And so Paul was in Asia Minor. He was in what is now modern-day Turkey, and he has this vision of this man saying, come over to Macedonia and preach the gospel to us. Do you know what Paul's response was? His response was to go immediately. And it took the Holy Spirit saying to Paul, don't go right now. Don't go yet. See, the timing wasn't right for him to go to Macedonia. They ended up making it. But here's the deal. What was Paul's automatic response? Pack the bags. I had a vision from God. We're going to Macedonia. Let's leave at 6 a.m. Here's the thing. People without that attitude are not getting heavenly visions. God entrusts his vision to those who are on the run. So my, my, my statement to you this morning is if you want to be used by God, start now. Start, put your hand to something and then let God give you vision and direction for your faith and for your action. Faith is, 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 is seen in works according to the book of James. We like to talk a big vision talk, but my question is, are we actually running? Are we actually running with the vision, looking for the big block letters to give us direction? I was having a conversation just recently about summertime. 
It's one of the leaders here at our church. And they said, boy, you know, it's interesting. As soon as you get to summer, everybody just paddle off the gas. And we just go, lazy river time. Listen, I'm all about a lazy river, okay? And everybody needs vacation. I'm about to go on one. But here's the thing. Don't, please don't embrace an attitude that, that causes you to be okay with just apathy. Because a vacation is healthy, but a vacated lifestyle is actually really awful. And it can hurt you. I know we're into summer, and praise God we're into summer. I'm happy about it. My garden is going to be awesome here in a few weeks. It's summertime. But let me tell you, now's not the time to take foot off the gas. Now's the time to make up the, dis- make up the gap and say, let's go for it. When everybody else stops, let's keep going. That's who we are. We're people of faith. When the world stops, we keep going. Amen. Five years ago, again, I said, I shared with you regarding our church's vision. That was funny. (laughs) Not just for 2023, but indefinitely. This vision represents a, a return to what God spoke to Brianne and I so many years ago. I explained it to you then that our church's vision was expressed in these three distinct concepts which we are believing God for and we are in pursuit of strong families, transformation by the power of God, and community, strong community. This is our vision. These are the things that we are desiring to see take place. That's why it's called vision. Amen? We have hope for strong families, hope for transformation, and hope for our community. And today, I want not only to bring these things back up as a reminder, hence the title Vision Refresh, but also I want to add some depth to each concept this morning. And as we drill down into each of these concepts, and I promise you I won't take too much longer, as we drill down into each of these concepts, I want you to understand something. We're charting the course and the direction that our church is moving toward. I need you to know that. I need you to understand that. If you're looking for a church whose main, whose main emphasis and main goal is short-term mission trips, we're probably not going to be it for you. Why? Because that's not what God spoke to us. Those things aren't wrong. We'll have short-term mission trips, but that's not the core of what we're doing. We're here to see strong families, transformation, and our community be established. Because those are the things that God directed us in. Amen. So I want you to understand that because I want you to know this is where we're headed. If you're sick about me talking about strong families, you're going to hate the next six months. Okay, like if you, if you don't want to hear me talk about transformation, you're not going to enjoy it because this is where we're going. Why? Because this is where God's called us to go. These are the big block letters. Let's run together. Amen. My prayer is that this is going to stir up faith in your heart this morning and that you'll continue to expect God's best in each of these areas. That's why we say that we have hope for strong families, because we hope means expectation. We're expecting God's best in our families this year. Amen? So let's talk about it. Strong families, the first thing that God spoke to my heart about this church woke me up in the middle of the night back in 2008 in Fort Myers, Florida, and I had to write it down immediately, the word strong families. 
Here's where God in the last couple months has been adding depth to that phrase. If you're taking notes, please write this down. We are building strong families. Emphasis on the word building. Why is this important? Because families that are strong don't just happen on their own. Strong families are built through intention. You never met a bodybuilder that you asked, how do you get them big muscles? And they just go, oh, oh no. Mm. Right? No, that, those muscles, those are the result of consistent intentionality. Healthy and beautiful growth always happens by design. Unhealthy growth happens by default. I want you to think about that for a second. Healthy growth always happens by design. Unhealthy growth always happens by default. Growing your muscles, that's healthy growth. Growing your belly is unhealthy growth. One happens by intention, the other happens by default. How'd you get that big belly? Mm-hmm. Cupcakes, I guess. You t- I'm serious. This is a perfect example because it's everybody's on that spectrum somewhere. So, you, you know, you, you talk to somebody who works out and is intentional about what they eat and their exercise and all that. Most of the time, they can tell you exactly what they've eaten for the last six weeks. Well, Tuesday, I had broccoli and chicken for breakfast and broccoli and chicken for lunch and broccoli and chicken for dinner and some plain yogurt. <laughs> And that was Tuesday. And what about Wednesday? Well, I had broccoli and chicken for breakfast. And I had, do you know what I'm saying? You ask somebody, listen, you ask somebody that's got a few extra to share. And, and, and you ask them, how did they get that way? And they'll just tell you, I don't know. What did you eat yesterday? I don't, I don't know. What did I eat yesterday? Without intention, the growth that we experience oftentimes is not healthy. But with intention, with direction, the growth that we will be, will be a game changer in our life. Strong families are the ones that are intentionally built upon the word and the spirit of Almighty God. That's why we say we're building strong families. We sang about it in one of the songs this morning and it was, it, it was not planned. It was just one of those cool Holy Spirit moments. But we talked about uh, we've built our firm, found, Christ is our firm foundation and how he's the rock upon which we stand. Listen to Matthew 7 verse 24. Therefore, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. He built his house. My friends, if you're a parent and you have children, if you're married and you don't have children, you're building your house. Where are you building it? I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on that house and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended, the floods came, the winds fell and blew and beat upon the house and the house fell and great was its fall. Can I tell you, when families fall, the loss is great. When families fall, the loss is substantial. If we're not building on the rock, if we're not building by intention upon God's word, we'll fall. And when we do, there will be precious casualties. If you've, become, if you've come from a, a fallen or broken family today, don't be discouraged. You're in the right place. God wants to put your house back together again. We're building strong families here because we believe that God loves strong families. My goodness. I fully believe that the strength of our church will be measured by the strength of the families within this great church. Amen. That's why we're making increasing investments into our kids' ministry, Hope Kids. Hope Kids, over the next six weeks, is getting a visual revamp. It's going to look very different downstairs over the next couple months. We're, in, we're investing further into Motion Youth Group. Into marriage ministry. We're, we're, we're getting ready to schedule our next couples in coffee. And we're having a retreat for married couples later this fall. We're doing our Hope Harvest Festival in October. And we've got family-focused outreach coming that's, that's going to continue to unfold. I want to encourage you to be involved. Make plans to prioritize this. Why? Because if you prioritize it, your family, God will help you to build a strong one. Our second point of vision, boy, I could talk about this for another week. Just that point. It's so, it's so dear to my heart because I love my wife and I have three beautiful daughters that I love. I think about them every day. I was telling one of my mentors this, that I think about my kids and I think about whether or not they're gonna love Jesus for the rest of their lives every single day of my life. I think about it all the time. People say, what's your, well, you know, what, what's your desire for your kids? You want them to be doctors, lawyers, teachers, nurses? What do, you, what do you want them to be? I don't care. I just want them to love Jesus for the rest of their lives. That's all I want. God can fill in the blanks after that. So this strong families thing is very near to my heart. Secondly, we talk about transformation. What do we mean by Transformation. I mean, people coming out of religious tradition and into the real, tangible presence of God where they can be transformed, where they can go out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The Lord spoke to my heart during a personal prayer time years ago about bringing people out of dead religious experiences and into the real, tangible presence of the Lord, because I believe that's where things change. The presence of the Lord is the defining and differentiating characteristic of the church. It's what sets us apart from every other organization. The church is a supernatural entity by nature. The church is not just practical, it's supernatural. And so when, I, when the Lord began to add some depth to this idea of, under, of, of transformation, 
Here's the depth that he added. Just like he added building to strong families, we're building strong families, here's what he added to, to transformation. We are facilitating transformation. We are facilitating transformation. Make no mistake, God is the one who does the transforming. We are the vessel that he uses. Therefore, we get to partner with him to facilitate transformation. Hallelujah. Too many times we put pressure on ourselves to produce the transforming miracle. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever, have you ever thought that, that the miracle was going to happen because you got emotionally charged up enough? I'm going to pray harder today. And as I pray harder, God's really going to hear me this time. We put a bunch of pressure on ourselves to try to produce the miracle. You can't produce nothing. Not, not spiritual anyway, not supernatural. We can't produce a miracle, but we can facilitate one. We can put ourselves in a position of hunger where we say, Lord, I'm a vessel. Use me. Pour through me. I'll make myself available to, for whatever it is that you want to do. And then all of a sudden, miracles and supernatural stuff starts happening in your life all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. When we talk about transformation, we're talking about cooperating with the Spirit of God in order to facilitate His will on the earth. Philippians 2 says that it is God who works in us, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I told you a couple weeks ago about the story of, of uh, the gentleman, uh, Stephen Webb, who was, who was going flying, and he was saying to his mom, I'm going flying, and she'd say, no, you're not. And he said, yeah, I'm going flying, and she said, no, you're not. And he said, mama, I'm leaving, I'm going flying, and she said, no, you're not. She said, you're merely participating in the miracle of flight. If it wasn't for the plane, you'd still be on the ground. My friends, if it wasn't for the anointing of Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for the anointing of God's Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be doing, creating nothing. However, we get every single day, 24-7, we get the opportunity to cooperate with His Spirit, to make ourselves available vessels that He can pour into and pour through, and we get to facilitate the miracle. Jesus said in John 15, 4, Abide in me and I in you. The branch can bear nothing of itself. He goes on in the second verse to say, Without me, you can do nothing. Our job is to connect to the vine. And as we stay connected to the vine, we get to bear fruit. But it's him bearing the fruit in us. You see that? We get to facilitate the transformation. This is why we focus on prayer. I talked to you about this during our announcements, how every Wednesday now, downstairs, church-wide prayer. We were going to call it corporate prayer, and then I was like, no, nah, that sounds too stodgy. Also, it makes us sound like a business. I'm going to have corporate prayer. Kelsey will be taking the official meeting minutes of the corporate prayer. No, it's not like that. It's church-wide. That means everybody and anybody can come and pray with us and seek God with us for his very best for our church. This is why we focus on evangelism. I just got done preaching one of my most favorite series that I've ever preached to you called The Power of an Invitation. If you weren't here, go back on our stream. Go back on our podcast and listen to those three messages. It'll change your life. This is why we focus on healing ministry, hope and healing services. 
and more things like that. Why? Because we just want to facilitate transformation. Because I so believe that, that the person who's bound in drugs can come into a place where God's presence is there, where his anointing is there, where the real power of God is, and they can find instant transformation. Amen? Amen. How many of you could say that? If you were just real honest, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it for a second. How many of you could say, yeah, I'm a product of real transformation? I'm a product of that. I, I found Jesus in this moment. I found the Spirit of God in this moment. I mean, every one of us at some point can look over our shoulder and go, you know what? Oh, man, I remember that day. I remember that day when my life was transformed by the power of God. I've, I realized Jesus was not just a, a, a figure hanging on a cross a, 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 in a bronze statue. I realized he was a real and living, actual God, and I put my trust in him, and I was transformed. That's my heart's desire for every single person in Watauga County. I, asked a, I, I had lunch this past week with, with a brother here in the church, and... And I said to him, I said, I am consistently reminded of two different questions. The first question is this. If our church was to close today, would anyone in our community know it? And the second question is this. What would it take for every single person in Watauga County to hear about Hope Church? What would it take for every, whatever it is, 55, 56, 60,000 people that live in our community? What would it take? For every person who calls Watauga County home to know that there's a place that they can come find the hope of Jesus Christ. I live with those two questions all the time. Number three, my final point for you. We talk about community. We talk about our community. Just like with the other two points, building strong families, facilitating transformation, here's where God added the depth to this idea of community. We are developing our community. We are developing our community. We're building strong families, facilitating transformation, and developing our community. Similar to the building of families, intentionality is needed for community to be developed. However, developing is different from building. Developing is different from building. The, definition, the dictionary definition of development is this, to bring out the capabilities or possibilities of something. To bring it to a more advanced or effective state. You see, families are being built like a house. Community is being developed like a photograph. Many of you are too young to have ever had to de develop a photograph. <laughs> Many of you. We just live with digital cameras. We can take 62 billion pictures if we want to. Back when I was young, the first camera I ever got was a Canon AE-1, which is an old 35-millimeter film camera. And I felt like I was, had the gold mine in my hand. And I, I remember going and taking pictures. And, and, and I had to be very intentional about the pictures that I took because it cost money for me to actually see that picture. 
You got 24 pictures of 24 exposures on a roll. And once you used all 24 of those exposures, you know, click, advance, click, advance. Then you had to take it to Walgreens or CVS or somewhere. And they develop the photos for you so that you can see what's there. This is different from building families. Building families is like putting a house together. Strong foundation, good firm walls, good roof. You're building it. Community doesn't get built. Community gets developed like a photograph. It takes intentionality. You, you stop to look. You make sure it's in focus. And then if you want to see it, you got to develop it. What, what happens when you develop a photograph? In order for something to be developed, it takes time in the right environment. Ooh, Ooh that was good. <laughs> in order for a photo to be developed, it takes time in the right environment. If you ever had the beautiful, where's April? Where's April? April used to have a dark room. She's worked in a dark room many, many times. She's an amazing photographer. What do you do? You go into a dark room where there is no light. It's all about the right environment. In order for a photo to be developed, it's got to be put into a chemical bath and transferred from the negative onto photo paper and put into a chemical bath. And then in that chemical bath, it's got to be perfectly dark because light will ruin the image. Light will ruin the negative. And it takes time. It's not like our cameras on our phones where we just... Click, 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 click. And my kids are making, you know, videos in their room and doing all kinds, you know. I walked into Abigail's room last night. We're trying to pack to go on vacation. And I walk into her room and the lights are red. She's got these LED lights in her room. I said, what are you doing? She's like, hold on, Dad. I'm just almost finished making this video. I'm like, it's quarter to 10. You need to go to bed. What are you doing? See, we don't... We don't have to worry about the dark room anymore. We don't have to, our, our life has become so easy that we don't need to prioritize development anymore. Everything's developed for us. But when it comes to real relationships in God's kingdom, those take time in the right environment. When it comes to the building of brotherly and sisterly bonds in community, those take time in the right environment. When it, when, it, when, when, it, when it comes time for you and I to understand how to relate to each other, how to relate to authority, how to relate to the lost, how to relate to kids, how to relate to spouses, all of that community building, all, excuse me, all that community developing takes time in the right environment. Listen to Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. We, we have already described that that's what community looks like. Getting together, eating meals, fellowshipping together, being with just being together. They continued steadfastly. That's time in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread. And in prayers, that's the right environment. I'm here to tell you, your marriage, your life, your relationships with one another, your discipleship will develop just like a photograph develops when it's given time in the right environment. 
Verse 46 said, continuing with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. There it is again. Continuing daily. That's time. Breaking bread house to house. That's the right environment. Inside the church, people need to feel known and needed. They need that environment. They need that community. Outside the church, people in our town and in our, our, our state and our county, our region, they need to know that they can count on us when they're in need. They need to know that there's the right environment waiting for them. Otherwise, we become a church that exists only to serve its own interests. And we can't have that. This is why we make time for things like life groups, serving on teams, community outreach. I'm so excited to talk to you about life groups. We've been scheming in our leadership and our staff meetings on Fridays. We've been putting together a life group a plan that's going to roll out is, is going to roll out in its you know in its soft opening form beginning in the school year and then starting in January 2024. Life groups and community is going to be something so different than it's ever been at Hope Church and I cannot wait for it. I can't wait for you to be involved. We prioritize, we make time for community outreach. Going out to the laundromat, buying people's, paying for people's laundry. The old pay and pray, we're doing another one. When, when's the next one's coming in July, right? June 30th is our next pay and pray. It's going to be awesome. What's happening when we do that? Well, evangelism's happening for sure. Transformation's happening for sure. But guess what else is happening? Strengthening, developing our community. Finally, we, we make time for serving on teams. If you're part of this church and you're not serving on a team, you need to. You need to serve on a team because that's part of how we develop in our community. I close by this. When my mom gave her life to the Lord back in 80, 80, 1980, it's the tail end of the Jesus movement. And my mom uh, was selling Lifetime cookware. Lifetime cookware? Yeah, okay, good. Just got to make... If I, one time I said Tupperware, and she was like, it wasn't Tupperware, it was Lifetime cookware. I was like, okay, all right, fine. Excuse me. All right. She was selling Lifetime cookware. And as they used to do in those days, back in the horse and carriage days of the 1980s, they... Uh, Look here, I was born in the 80s. I can say that. I was born in 1983. Thank you very much. Back, in, back when everything was in black and white. Um, <laughs> they used to have parties when they would sell something like that, like Tupperware or Pampered Chef, Arbonne or whatever. And um, my mom was hosting this party, and all the people that came to that party that night were Christians. And some of them were married. Many of them were single. And they were all there together because they all knew each other and had community. And, and just the guy my mom was dating at the time happened to know all those people. So she got pulled into this situation with a bunch of people she never met before. And that night that they had this, this party, she looked around and she saw all three elements of what we talk about. There's a married couple there developing in their family, building a family. Christ. There was people all around her that night who had been transformed by the presence of the Lord and you could see it on their face. You could hear it in the words that they spoke. 
And she was immediately ushered into this sense of community where the people that were there valued time in the right environment. And she saw all three of these things at work. And do you know what happened to her? That night, she went home and she prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, if you are real like I believe you are, I need what those people have. I need that kind of life. I need that kind of joy. I need that kind of peace. My friend, don't ever neglect, don't ever think little of the joy and the peace that your life exudes as a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, we get so tied into our routines that we forget our normal is the thing that somebody is begging God for. Our normal life is the thing that somebody down the road goes, oh, if I could only be at peace with my spouse, if I could only get my kids to listen, if I could only have peace in my heart, oh, what I wouldn't give to have a little bit of joy. And the reality is your joy, your peace, your, your, your gladness in God, your normal is what people are dying for out there. Don't ever sell it short. Don't ever fail to, to realize that what you have is what the world needs. My mom saw all three of those components that night. Strong families, transformation, and community. As we go forward in 2023 and into the coming years, you are going to hear me continue to talk about this. We're not just here to play church. We're not just here to have a nice gathering on a Sunday. We're here to build strong families to facilitate transformation, and to develop our community. Amen. How many of you are excited about that vision? Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose, and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.